0: Amen, amen, amen. Go ahead and grab a seat. Uh, My name is DJ Iverson. I'm the associate pastor here at New Vintage Church. I want to say thank you for joining us for worship. Whether you're here in person, whether you're watching online, uh, we're glad uh, to worship with you together. Uh, Pastor Tim is out today taking a much-needed break. And so I'm going to be wrapping up our series entitled Old School uh, Lessons from the Schoolhouse. Uh, we've been going through, we've been using school as kind of a metaphor for a lot of the lessons that God teaches us or has the ability to teach us, and um, I, get the, I get the joy of wrapping up the series. We did graduation last week, and you say, well, what's after graduation? <clears throat> I get the joy of talking about yearbooks. Yeah. Um, this is my senior yearbook. Eastlake High School, class of 98. Go Wolves, right? Um, if you... If you want to indulge me for a minute, I just want to go through and I kind of want to respond uh, to some of the things that people wrote in my yearbook. Uh, hold on. Um, let's see. Here we go. I did have a great summer. Thank you. Uh, I did just want to let you know I did stay cool. Sorry for not keeping in touch. I didn't ever change. No, I'll see you in 10. All right, Um, just want to respond to those real quick. Uh, I I actually had a big kick going through my yearbook this week. Um, A lot of great embarrassing stuff there. Uh, Yearbooks are fun. Yearbooks are a fun way to wrap up the end of the year. Uh, For me, there are some years where it's like, yeah, just give me my book. I'm ready to get out of here. Uh, There are other years where it was like, You know, I'm tracking down signatures, and you get those, like, signature parties where, like, people are writing upside down, and, like, it's fun going through and just seeing all the stuff in there. You know, obviously, embarrassing photos, right? Obviously, you know, mine, late 90s, so lots of frosted tips uh, in my yearbook. Um, All kinds of fun stuff. You go through, you see how people signed. You know, there's the... um, um, hey, we had one class together six years ago we haven 't talked since then guy there 's the the girl that like took up the whole page and never really said anything in the whole like well, okay, this was a great counseling session. Um, thanks for taking up a page in the yearbook. Um, then there was like my best friend from high school who was like dude i 'll literally see you tomorrow uh, was his quote there 's a lot of fun stuff in there. You can go through and see. Um, I, I encourage you to go through. If you've got your yearbooks hanging around, go through, check them out. Uh, share some of the stories. It, it, it can be a blast. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I, I do like the yearbook quotes. I, I, I kind of want to get a poll going here today. And uh, feel free, like, tag us on social media today with what team you are, what, what kind of yearbook quote person you are, because there's, oh, by the way, there, there's nobody from staff in these photos. I know you guys are looking... There's nobody from staff. This is a stock photo. I just thought it was a great high school yearbook photo. Uh, lots of interesting haircuts in there. Um, l- let's go to the slide here with the typical yearbook quotes. Um, where are my keep-in-touch people? If, like, if you don't know what to write in a yearbook, if you didn't know what to write in a yearbook, who are my just keep in touch people? Or, or even real simple, like K-I-T. Kind of like the equivalent, yeah, I see a couple over here. It's kind of like the equivalent of getting a text that just says K, right? Not even OK, just K. Um, Where are my hags, people? Where am I, have a great summer? Yeah, we got a handful more of those. Yeah, it's a great, to me, this is kind of my, like, I don't know you, but, you know, you want those nice for you to ask for my signature in your yearbook, so you're getting a have a great summer quote, right? Like, this is a nice, easy kind of talk about the weather level of conversation, friend. Um, Then we've got the people that kind of know you, right? The don't ever change folks. Where am I? Yeah, I see you. Yeah, my don't ever change folks. That was was always a good one. Like, if you're not going to write much, I like the don't ever change quote because it's like, hey, that That means you you like where I'm at. Okay, I'll I'll hold on to that one. That's cool. And then my favorite, too cool to be forgotten. I got this one um, in a couple yearbooks. And um, I, thank you. Just, where am I too cool to be forgotten, people? Anybody that creative? Yeah, no. I I just want to thank my friend for putting this in there a couple times because this has made my day over the years. Um, It's a simple math equation, but it means a lot to me. Um, no, there there's a lot of cool stuff. Um my other favorite part going through uh yearbook this week was checking out everybody's senior quotes. Um so my senior quote was if that's what they call normal, I'd rather be insane. Very punk it's literally straight out of a punk rock song. Um that, that was me big into the punk ska scene uh back in the 90s. Um so I looked up and my yearbook holds true to this trend as well, Um, the most popular yearbook quote, the most popular thing to be quoted in a yearbook. Anybody want to guess? Like, like, scripture, there's a lot of scripture out there that gets quoted a lot, but because there's a lot of scripture, none of them, like, gets first place. The number one quote, uh, according according to limited research on Google this week, The number one quote in yearbooks, and it holds true for mine, is this gem. Uh, Let's go ahead and throw this up. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. Robert Frost. If you don't see the irony of this being the most popular quote, it's going to be a long sermon. I cracked up at this. I love that this is the most popular quote, um, all about individuality. And everybody uses it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, oh, and then I guess I can show a couple more pictures. Um, here's some pictures from my junior yearbook. This guy, oh, uh, not, uh, oh, yeah, this is my favorite quote in my yearbook. Uh, a guy named Ryan Tuggin. The unique part about kung fu is you fight with your feet. Wise old man. I have no idea what that means. But I love it. Cracks me up every time I read it. It really helps that there's a puka shell necklace around his neck and some, um, some blonde highlights because that's what we all looked like back then. Um, now let's get, to, let's get to my photos here. I know this is what some of you guys want to see. That's me on the left um, pretending to be candid. That's literally the only picture of me in the yearbook aside from the required by law one. Um, here, here's me over here. Uh, me go back. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's senior photo. Um, yes. Yeah, that's good stuff right there. That, it, if you Google search 1998, this photo comes up. Um, yeah, let's just go through this real quick for, uh, for our visually impaired folks. Um, that's me in the classic senior pose, um, kind of the thinker pose a little bit. Uh, that is definitely a blue-and-white Hawaiian shirt with a white tie um, and cargo pants and some black-and-white wingtips. And if that weren't enough, there's the sketchbook to remind everybody that I am, in fact, artistic and creative. Uh, so, yeah, this is, this is also the cover of my ska album uh, from 1998. A lot of great stuff in this happening in this photo. Uh, a lot of stuff I'd tell this guy. But um, I thought you guys would enjoy this. Um, yeah, so let's remove that as quickly as we can now. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, nah, th- thanks for indulging me, having a little bit of fun with the yearbook stuff. Yearbooks are a great tie-in, I think, to talking about our faith. Um, yearbooks, essentially what they do is they, their time capsule, they serve as a reminder of what happened at a pivotal time in our lives. Um, I was a youth pastor for a long time. I'm a firm believer high school is one of the most pivotal times in our lives. And yearbooks are a great way of <clears throat> remembering what happened then, the good, the bad, definitely the ugly. Um, you, you just kind of see things kind of how they were, right? Uh, it, it provides us those little memory pegs of, oh, this, I remember this person in this class. I remember when this happened in the assembly and so forth. Uh, they serve as a reminder of, of pivotal times in our life. What they also do, uh, they, they can bring about some comfort a little bit or, or, or maybe some discomfort depending on where you're at. But, but they allow us to see where we're at now. right? They allow us to see the change that's happened. Right, you know, we talk about the fun stuff, you know, the the um, the highlights and the hair. You know, obviously, you know, a lot of people look back in the yearbook. Oh, I was so skinny, or I oh, was so this or that. You know, whatever. You know, we go back and we see the changes that have happened, and 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 if we think about it long enough, you know, we we think about how much we've changed as people since then. And it kind of gives us a little bit. It, it's fun to share. It gives us something to share. I definitely look forward to hiding these from my boys. Uh, for a while until they're old enough to recognize the greatness that is that senior photo. Um, <clears throat> but at some point, you know, it, it's fun to go through and, and to rehash these memories, to talk about these memories, to see what's happened, to, to talk about uh, how lives have changed and how lives maybe haven't changed. Uh, likewise, I think remembering... I think taking that act of intentionally remembering, that, that act of creating something to remember around, I think there, there's something there that the Lord speaks to us in. I, like, there's power, there's comfort, and there's direction in remembering what God has done. And, and so that's kind of our tie-in for yearbooks today. Uh, we're going to talk about those three words a lot. Uh, there's power, comfort, and direction in remembering what God has done. Um, So the title of this is yearbook, but what we're really talking about today is kind of an underrated spiritual discipline, right? It's an exercise that we do on a continuous basis to grow our faith. And I think an underrated spiritual discipline is the discipline of remembering. There's power in remembering. Um, The word remember... Just to give it a little bit of context here. In the Bible, the word remember appears 240 times. The word remember appears 240 times throughout the Bible. So we're going to go through all of them today and rank them. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. We're, we're, we're going we're gonna to talk about this, but I, I want us to understand that this isn't just kind of a a, a, a simple topic thrown out there every once or thrown out here once or twice in the Bible. This is a continuous process that we see in the Bible. There are times where God calls us to remember, there's times where there, there's a ton of Psalms where David says, I want to remember, I'm doing this so I can remember. There's all kinds of instances where we're called to remember, we're asked to remember, where people are desiring to remember. My favorite is we see examples of people actually building altars to remember, right? There is an altar built when God promised that he would be present with Jacob. Uh, There was an altar built when Jacob was rescued from Esau. Right? And then he built another physical altar when he remembered that. There was an altar built when God, at the location where God defeated the Amalekites when they were taking over the promised land. There was an altar built when God gave the Ten Commandments. One of my favorites, there's an altar built at the Jordan River. The Israelites They've been freed from slavery. They've wandered for four years. They're finally allowed to go into the promised land. And they stop and they build an altar there. So that for generations to come, there's this physical reminder of what God has done there. There's power in remembering what God has done. There's a reason we do this. There's power in remembering what God has done. Deuteronomy 4... Uh, verse 9 we're going to if you've got your Bibles go ahead and open up to this or if you've got your Bible app Deuteronomy 4 kind of sets the groundwork for everything that we're talking about today for the the power the comfort and the direction here this is Moses speaking to the Israelites Uh, this is at the end of his tenure he's kind of giving them his final encouragement right this, this is Moses handing things off. And in Deuteronomy 4, starting verse 9, he says, Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Amen. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. We're going to stay on this for a little bit. What's being said here is we have seen these things. We've experienced these things, good, bad, or ugly, right? But we have seen God at work. And what he's talking about are some pretty significant moments in, Lo- in the history of mankind here. We're talking about um, the plagues. We're talking about crossing the Red Sea. We're talking about following a pillar of fire. For 40 years, we're talking about manna on the ground every morning for 40 years. We're talking about crossing the Jordan River, God delivering on his promises. What he's saying is, you have seen these things. They happened. And I want you to remember that they happened. Because when you remember these things, what it does is, it shows who God is. It shows the power of God. Because you can imagine a kid coming, uh, you know, because anybody that left Egypt didn't make it into the promised land, you know, you've got another generation there, so you've got a generation coming into the promised land. Hey, Grandpa. Oh yeah. Did that Red Sea thing really happen? Oh, yeah. I was there. Mm-hmm. Here's what it looked like. Here's how we felt. Right? Um, this is one of the things that um, I'm always appreciative of um, my family was really good at storytelling. Uh, my grandpa was. My grandpa was kind of crazy. Um, he, he had a lot of really great adventures. And one of my favorite things is just sitting down and hearing those stories. And you go, did that really happen? And, of course, you know, the fish get bigger over the years and so forth. And, then, you know, there's some fun stuff. But I remember at, my, at the memorial for my grandpa, People coming up and saying, like, hey, you know, I was there when this happened. You know, Wait, what? That was, that was real? And, and there's some power in that. And what you see, the, the benefit of going back and looking at things is that it's easier to see God at work. It, it's the hindsight part, right? When we're in the middle of it, when we're crossing the Red Sea, we're worried about getting across. And, and maybe you know God is working, but it's hard to gauge exact. when you're in the minute, like you're in the moment. It's, it's kind of often hard to gauge what's going on here. I can tell you this for high school. God was at work while I was in high school. I didn't see it then. I did not see it then. That's why I struggled. But God was at work, and he was doing powerful, powerful things in my life during that time. And I often didn't recognize it because it's difficult, I mean, as humans, it's difficult to grasp God in the midst of (laughs) something big, good or bad, right? Maybe even the mundane. Let's go to Deuteronomy 4.32. Ask now about the former days long before your time from the day God created human beings on the earth. Ask from one end of the heavens to the other, has anything so great as this ever happened or has anything like it ever been heard of? There's an encouragement there to foster these memories. What has God done? What is it like? How is this powerful? What was this moment like? Because we don't want to forget. We want to pass on. Deuteronomy 4:39-40 Acknowledge and take to heart this day that the Lord is God in heaven above and on Amen. earth below. Amen. There is no other. That's right. Remembering what God has done speaks to his majesty. It speaks to his power. Keep his decrees and commands which I am giving you today so that you may go well with your children After you, and that you may live long in the land, and the Lord your God gives you for all time. Right right there, there's there's really all three big things, right? We reveal God's power. When we remember God, when we remember what he's done, it, it brings us comfort, and he gives us this direction to keep this with you. You've seen what he's done, You know that he's with you now. So go forward with this. Go forward with these stories. Tell these stories as you move forward. There's power in remembering what God has done. The more we remember God, the more it reveals about God, the bigger, we'll never get a complete picture of God, right? We'll never fully grasp or understand God. But the more that we remember, the more that we talk about, the more that we share, the more that we see, right? The more that it's revealed. So so God becomes more than, um, like what studies say a lot of Americans believe in God is actually like just a cosmic butler, right? He's just there on call when you need help. Well, that doesn't happen if you're constantly remembering what God has done in your life. That doesn't ha- that trap doesn't happen if you're constantly, constantly talking about and sharing about, this is what God has done, the good, the bad, and the ugly. This is where God was working, this is what he's doing in my life right now, and this is what I want to share with you. That trap of this, like, cosmic butler just doesn't happen when we share these stories. <clears throat> Second big word, we talked about the power of remembering what God has done. Um, There's comfort in remembering what God has done. Uh, Let's go to John 14 for this. John 14, verse 25. All this I have spoken, this is Jesus talking. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit... Whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all the things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus is ending his time with his disciples. He knows his time is going to be drawing near some point soon. He's saying, look, all these things that we've shared, I'm, the power of the Holy Spirit is going to be there to help you remember these moments. You know, John starts off his book, uh, his gospel with, these are some of the things that Jesus did and there were hundreds of things that there's just too much to write about, right? And that's what Jesus is Jesus saying here is, As we focus on God, if we're intentional, if we make it a point to remember what God has done, Jesus is saying that Holy Spirit there will help us remember these things. The things that we've been taught, the lessons that we've learned, the mistakes that we've made, the triumphs that we've had, God is there ready to bless us and to bring that comfort so we can be at peace so that we can move forward knowing that his presence has been with us, but it's also still with us. There's comfort in remembering what God has done. There's something about going back and talking about these stories and sharing these stories and reflecting on these stories that brings us peace. Uh, Charles Spurgeon, a great theologian, said it this way. It is not by any new revelation that Spirit comforts. He does so by telling us old things over and over again. He brings a fresh lamp to manifest the hidden treasures in Scripture. He unlocks the strong chests where the truth has, had long been, and he points to secret chambers filled with untold riches. However, I love this, he mints no new coins. For enough is done. There is enough in the Bible for you to live on forever. Amen. What a powerful, powerful thought. The Spirit comforts by telling us the old things over and over and over again. I know for me, personally, the comfort in remembering what God has done comes from remembering his presence. So if you can indulge me for a little while, um, a personal story. September 29th, 2018, uh, one of the best nights of my life. Uh, outside of anything having to do with my family, with Stacy and the boys and extended family and such. One of the best nights of my life. Uh, It was my 20-year reunion. And while you guys are doing the math on how old that makes me, um, yeah, (laughs) thank you. Um, I'm gonna bring up a photo, uh, this first photo here. So this is from our, our high school reunion. Uh, a lot of interesting characters in there. I'm going to leave this up for a minute. Um, Eastlake High School reunion, class of 98. Um, about 6.55 on uh, September 29, 2018, I'm sitting in a car, and I call Stacy. I say, hey, uh, I'm kind of nervous. Now, here's the thing. Anybody that knows me knows, I don't really get nervous around people a lot. I'm, I, yeah, thank you, Scott. Um, I'm an extrovert, off-the-charts extrovert. Uh, I was legit terrified um, going into my reunion. And, and here, here's a little backstory on why. Um, the middle of my freshman year of high school, my dad lost his job. We had to move from San Diego to Seattle. Um, that was not my choice. I was not happy about it. I was just learning how to surf. Um, had kind of found my group of friends at school, had a really awesome youth ministry I was a part of, a youth pastor that I really looked up to. And we moved up to Washington on February 1st. And if you know anything about Washington, um, we had three months of rain to start off with. And I thought the only, my, my only excitement about moving up to Washington Um, when I was in ninth grade was it was 95 so it's kind of like peak grunge era right so I was like sweet I'm moving to the the epicenter of grunge I can handle this like let's let's do you know like okay a little bit you know for all the sadness of leaving we're gonna end up in the epicenter of grunge not exactly Uh, we moved to the suburbs of Seattle um, kind of like the Fallbrook equivalent of Seattle yeah. Sorry, Fallbrook. Love you. Um, little Yeah. Um, we're out in the suburbs. I show up the first day of school, I kid you not, in a beat-up bull weevil cap. There's a little throwback for you. Beat-up bull weevil cap, a ripped-up flannel, some ripped-up jeans, my dad's Marine Corps boots, um, and I was the only one dressed that way. Uh, I was expecting the people that were dressed like downtown Seattle, we were in the suburbs. And it was a lot of like the white um, college caps, um, Tommy Hilfiger I'd never heard of before, Polo Ralph Lauren. Um, I thought Eddie Bauer was something you did to a truck, evidently they made clothes too. Um, did not fit in. tried my best, joined the wrestling team, didn't work uh, very well for making friends. Um, tenth grade was worse. Tenth grade had a tough time. Um, about halfway through tenth grade, I've shared this before. Struggling with depression, pretty bad. Um, hadn't made a lot of friends. Um, got to a point where I was uh, eating lunch in the library by myself, and you know life is bad when like the librarian is like, "I feel sorry for this kid." Like you know, that's where I was at. And um, there were a lot of deep struggles in that time. Came down one summer, hung out with my friends, uh, kind of cleared my head a little bit, um, and just decided I was going to have a better attitude. Started listening to a lot of music and getting into that. I moved back up junior year. Another guy had moved up from California. Uh, he was in the same type of music. We had a blast. Started making friends kind of by junior year, senior year. Ended up having a pretty good crew of friends. We were the punk rock kids. Um, <clears throat> we, uh, yeah, we, we had a blast. And, and had some good times and had some good memories and stuff. And, uh, but I've always looked at high school as a time of torment. Yes. I got bullied. <laughs> I got, I'm glad there's somebody amen in on this. Anybody <laughs> else just have a tough time in high school? People are like, oh, if I could only go back. I'm like, nah, man, launch that into the sun. Um, <clears throat> I got bullied a lot, uh, got in a lot of fights, sorry mom, Um, just a a real rough time for a few years. And and even after I'd started making friends, you know, things got better, but I'd always kind of looked at high school as just just an awful, awful time, and I blamed a lot of other people for that. I blamed the bullies, I blamed teachers, I blamed... The cool kids, I blamed jocks, I, I blamed a lot of people over the years. <clears throat> and what kind of happened in between then and the 20-year is over time, you know, I worked in youth ministry for a long time, and there's only so long you can preach something without practicing it. And I started to forgive people. And started to kind of let go of different things. And then we kind of had a realization at some point that a lot of what happened in high school was because of my attitude. This is the power in looking back. Right. right? Not a comforting time necessarily. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. But over the course of time, looking back and looking at people, and and to be honest, social media helped out a ton. You know, seeing people, seeing other people have grown up, seeing people that used to pick on me, like, hey, we're friends now on Facebook. Like, it's kind of weird at first. Like, no, I don't want to be your friend. I guess. We'll see what you're up to. (laughs) But you're starting to realize, you know what? They've grown up too. Grown up a little bit. Happily married. I've got an amazing wife. We got two great kids. Um, We've got a job that I love. I live in a place I like. I'm going to kind of start letting some of this stuff go. This is the power of that memory, coming in. So I walk into my reunion. None of my crew is there. None of my friends are there. (laughs) Ah, dude. I kind of had a feeling like punk rock kids aren't exactly like known for high school reunion crowd. It's not really like the overlapping Venn diagram. Um, we weren't exactly a school spirit crew. I remember in junior year, my mom told us that we should go to a football game to try and make friends, and we sat on the opposing side and cheered for the other team. Yeah. Like I said, the rough time was kind of deserved um, or kind of earned, we'll put it that way. Um, so the reunion starts to happen, And there's people that are actually glad to see me. And I had forgotten about them. Oh, do you remember we had this class? And and we did this. And at one time we jumped out the window and did this. And I'm like, I had forgotten about that. I absolutely forgot about that. And people are just coming out of the woodwork. And here's what's funny. I came in prepared to apologize to everybody. Hey, I've held a lot of stuff against a lot of people for a long time. This is my time to kind of cleanse, you know, and like let go of stuff. And one of my friends early on was like, you don't have to apologize to anybody. Like we appreciate it, but we were all in high school. None of us had any idea what we were doing. And I was like, oh. I was like, well, my other plan was to come in and just encourage people. Hey, I really admired, you know, how you did this and this and that. And like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden it gets turned back around. And I was like, wait a second, I'm having a good time here. I was crazy nervous walking in. And conversation after conversation, here's what God is doing. God is revealing that he was at work back in high school. Ways that I never thought of. I've been preaching the gospel for a long time and and stuff was coming up. I hadn't thought about in years. People I hadn't thought about in years were coming up and God was using them to encourage me and comfort me. These conversations I've had. Now here's the crazy part. Um... So, once again, sorry, Mom. I was kind of known for um, my language um, in school. We'll just put it this way. Um, it wasn't great. Um, and so when people would say, like, what are you? I'm like, oh, I'm a pastor. Like, <laughs> really? <laughs> no, like, what are you? And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm a pastor. I've been a youth pastor for about 15 years now. And they're like, oh, oh, oh you're serious. Which is always a great... <laughs> So, oh, it's always a great response you want to get. Uh, like, oh, you're, you're a pastor? Um, and I'm, so now I've, I've moved past. God has shown how he had been working in high school. Different people that he had brought into my life at the right time. And different, and things I just plain forgotten about. And, and I'm sitting there and I'm talking to these people. And I'm sharing these people. And, and there's all this encouragement coming back and forth. And, hey, let's, you know, let's pictures. You know, hey, I want to keep you touch. You know, hey, if I'm ever down in San Diego, can I look you up? Ah, oh, Yeah, absolutely. And, and then it gets to a point where, oh, you're a pastor now. I'm like, yeah, this is what God's done, you know. And now I probably shared the gospel more on that night than any other night in my life, right? God, God puts, God's, and all these people, yeah, give it up for God. God, God does some cool stuff. I'm having conversations, deep, deep conversations with people that literally used to, like, hit me in high school about what God has done in our lives. That's right. And I'm having conversations with people that I looked up to their faith in high school. I'm like, man, I, I really admired how outspoken you were about your faith. And I'm like, well, you're, you're doing it, Nat. Like, the, the, the power is there. The comfort is there. And all of a sudden, there, there's this mission that comes about, like, I'm going to share the gospel with my whole class. Any, anybody I talk to tonight is going to hear about what God's done in my life. That is not the person who was sitting in the car a couple hours earlier. Right? There's a lot of power to that. So here's, I, I joke around, I was having such a good time, I only took one photo that night. Um, here's the photo. That's Ryan Tuggin. that's the uh, Kung Fu guy, the senior quote guy. Um, he's one of the guys that that had a rough time with. like we, we got into some, a lot of verbal spats, a couple physical ones. Um, we got to talking, water in their bridge, that's right. you know and uh, I, and I just asked him, I said, "Hey, man, I got to know about the senior quote <laughs> like I." Like I love it. It's my hands down my favorite. Like, like where did like ha, where did you come up with that? And he goes, I just He goes, we had to have a senior quote. I was watching a kung fu movie, and that was literally the next thing that came on. I was like, that's awesome. That's amazing. <laughs> I've been dwelling on this for like 20 years, and now I finally have an answer. But here it is. The only picture I get in the night is what I would have said earlier. One of the reasons why I didn't have a good time in high school. And so there's to say that this is a comforting picture uh, is, is a really big understatement and here 's what that knight did he, and it was a pretty typical um, it was a pretty typical twenty year reunion. Not everybody enjoyed it. <laughs> Some people enjoyed it too much. Um, yeah. you know there's a lot of like I remember one of our friends was like I didn't know these people had a crush. Like, this person had a crush on me. And, you know, there's a lot of that going on. But there's also a lot of, like, looking at how much we've changed. And for some people, for me, that was a huge blessing. For some other folks, it wasn't. Not enough had changed in life, right? Still parting with the same people or still living in the same place or doing the same things, whatever. There had been no growth there. And that 20-year was kind of a reminder of, like, things really haven't moved whatsoever and, and maybe that's not the comfort that you desire but there is a call to change there that can bring about some comfort so I say this we've talked about the power of remembering and we we understand that it is difficult to see that in a moment we talk about the comfort in remembering and, and maybe it's not comfort comfortable immediately right if you're looking at the mirror if you've got something that you can go back to it doesn't have to be a yearbook right but if you go back and you have a memory and go, oh, man, you know what? At that time, I was doing this, 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 and this, and my life was in this place, and I'm here now, and I don't like that. There's an honesty there that's comforting. And, and maybe, that, maybe that's exactly what God needs you to hear or see to bring about the change that you need in your life. Right. <clears throat> Lastly there's direction in remembering what God has done. Uh I came back from that reunion with a with a very much a renewed fire for sharing the gospel. Amen. So you know what? People are going to hear about what God's done for me. Um wasn't very good at that before uh outside of the context of like in the youth ministry. Um people are going to know. People are going to know. That 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 was the single biggest thing that came from that. People are going to know what God's done in my life. Um, There's direction in remembering what God has done. Let's go to um, one of the last times Jesus spends with his disciples. Uh, Luke uh, 22, starting in verse 14. Uh, When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer, for I tell you I will not eat again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said... Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Then he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Everybody, let's say this together. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's say that one more time. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, The cup is a new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you. Amen and amen. That's right. Jesus calls us to remember. That's right. he, he brings comfort, right? He brings everybody together. He brings all of his disciples or his apostles together at a, at a time where they may not realize it then, but they're going to look back at that moment as a pivotal moment in a time for their ministries. And the time in their lives. Jesus calls them together. There, there's power in that. He knows that there's power in remembering that moment. He knows that that moment will bring comfort for people for thousands of years to come. And he gives us a direction to do likewise. He gives us a purpose in this. He's told us what he. We we know what he's done. We know what he's doing. Now we know what he's asking us to do. That's right. He's asking us to go forward and remember this together. We're going to take communion here in a second. Uh, we've got uh, our ushers will, if you raise your hand, if you didn't commun- get communion on the way in, our ushers will take care of you. We're going to close our, uh, we're going to close the sermon together and, and, and near the end of our worship time together as we always do with a time of communion. Why? Well, there's power in this. There's power in reflecting on what Jesus did on the cross. There's comfort in this. We're together. We're together with brothers and sisters across the world taking communion together. We know that we're in line with what God has asked us to do. We can reflect. Even just going back... A week from the last time we took communion, what has God done for us this week? What has God done for us just in the past day? We draw our comfort from that, right? And we get our direction from that too. What are we going to do with that? Who are we breaking bread with next week? What are we going to remember next week that the Lord has done? Let's close in prayer. God, we remember you. We remember your son on the cross. God, we know that there is power in that moment. The power comes from you and what you showed the world in that time. And, God, from that, we draw our comfort. we were humbled that Christ would die on the cross for us, and so we draw our comfort from there. And, God, we pray that we would leave here with a renewed sense of purpose, God, that you would give us a direction that as we reflect on your power and your glory and all the amazing things that you have done in our lives, God, all the ways that you have comforted us and provided for us over the years, whether we knew it at the time or not. God, I pray that that would change our trajectory, that that would dictate how we move forward. In your son's holy name we pray, amen.